Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host Zacchaeus. How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. Like we said on the last podcast, we have some changes that we're excited to bring to our viewers. And, you know, one of the first things is these fresh uh, OSP quarter zip so if if you're looking to get one of those make sure to reach out to us but i think the biggest thing and the biggest change is we are starting to bring on guests to our podcast we feel that we want to give a platform for people that we highlight and think are doing great things in their communities and have a great story to tell so today we are bringing on a special guest a good friend of ours his name is wesley benoit how are we doing today wesley yeah, I'm doing amazing. I'm happy you guys chose me as your first guest, and we will poke at all the questions we need to get out of me, so I'm ready to go. I like yeah. it. I like Let's it. Go, man. I mm-hmm. think the the nice thing that we have here is is we all have rapport. We all have friendship. Uh, we built a nice, stable ground to know exactly who we are, not only together, but not when we're around each other and who we are in the community. And so that's why we picked you as one of our first guests. It's because we know you. We know that you're a staple of the community. We know that what you're doing is is you're trying to build a better you as well as trying to build a better individuals around you as well. And that's what we stand by. And that's what overstepping poverty is. It's you taking one person and you taking them to the next level and then now them pulling other people up in that level and whatnot. So it's it's great to have you on. And I'd like you to start off by just kind of telling our viewers, our listeners exactly all about you. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely give them some layers because I'm a super layered person. You could, a lot of people say that I've done a lot and it makes me different, but I think it makes me unique, you know, really overstepping poverty makes a lot of sense for someone like me because I grew up with a, a father that was in prison basically the whole time. He didn't think the longest he was out was like a year. My mom, she had seven kids. I'm the third oldest. So I've always had to take the role of like, figure it out. Let's see what's, what the next step is for us. Or I just kind of blocked it all out. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the easiest way. And I think it was all mindset growing up that way. I'm from Wichita, Kansas, but my dad's family's from Arizona. So I grew up in Arizona and Kansas. And then I moved to South Dakota when I was in eighth grade. Just my sister moved here. Next thing you know, I'm in South Dakota. I thought we were actually visiting. (laughs) Not going to lie. Cause I, I, you hot. I, I, I was hot. Cause nah, I thought it's cold here. Yeah, it was cold here. It was cold, <laughs> it's cold in Kansas too. But, uh, I thought I was visiting just because the fact that that's what they said, you know, but we came here to help her out with her daughter and we just ended up staying, you know, which I would say was the biggest and the best move my parents made, you know, Kansas, there's not a lot going on. 
Arizona, a lot of homeless, a lot of crime, a lot of drugs, et cetera, you know? So I'm super, super happy to be here. What was it about being here that made you feel like it was a good place to be as you were growing up at that time stable here gangs crime economy's very good here you know it just seems like a good place to plant your ground like this is a very easy place to get your foundation started you know what i mean in kansas there's a lot of crime you know my my grandma her house is like dead center in the hood so like whenever i go to my grandma's house like there's just hood activity going on but but to her to her that's normal. I used to live right across the street from her, so I used to live in the hood with her in Arizona, you know, we we lived in projects before, like whatever my mom could do to make it happen, but yeah. she was a single mom, so I I put all my respects to her and she always thinks that she didn't do the best, but I think she did what she had to do, you know. Sure. Nobody's dead or in prison, so yeah. she she did exactly what she had to do. Growing up with a single mom with multiple kids put us through a lot of trials. Like, I've been in foster care before. I've uh, had to be home by myself, figure out how to eat, make sure I didn't went to school in the morning on my own or get up in the morning, and then I got to decide what clothes I'm wearing that day, you know? Yeah. But, like, to me, it was just, like, mindset, you know, just figure it out, keep going, keep going, keep going. But I realized that there was a difference between me and a lot of people around me that were in the same situation. I didn't I didn't notice it at first, but I just noticed little little tidbits. My mom's like, hey, let's go to the, we're gonna go get some free stuff. And I'm like, we don't need it. We have it right here. But she still would want to do it. I think, and I started to learn that her mindset was poor. And that poor mindset was holding her back, which is holding me back. And then it was missing out opportunities for everyone, you know? Sure. Like for example, in high school, I didn't really participate in any sports. Even though I was fit, when I was a, senior 17 18 years old i was 190 pounds so i was a bigger how do you is that something that you wanted to do was get into like extra activities sports and different 100 like i should have at least been in there a little bit you know football i don't think i should play basketball but i should definitely <laughs> i should definitely have been in football at least but like that's just the opportunities you miss out when you grow up in poverty i gotta ask just because i mean a lot of our stories our stories are different but we all go through some troubles, you know, we all go through some, some mishaps in life, Mm -hmm. uh, things that are uncontrolled by us. Now, growing up, a lot of people would always ask me, would you change anything? Would you change anything? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, to have anything different, to live a different life. But a lot of people don't understand that every, all the troubles that we went through Mm -hmm. and all the mishaps we went through, it built the people who we are today. So I got to ask you as well. I mean, would you change anything of your story or your past? Nothing. Not a single thing, honestly. I loved everything about it when I think back to it because it made me who I am today. My thick skin, me able to relate to certain groups of people, just being happy with what I have, gratitude, all that. No, I want to change nothing. Like, it, cool, it would have been nice if my mom pushed me in the sports and all of a sudden I'm going to college and, and I'm in the NFL or something random like that. But at the same time, like that wasn't my path. Absolutely. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And you didn't go to college, correct? No, I did. You So you did go to college. Mm-hmm. Tell us about, you know. And I'm in college right now too. Okay. So tell us mm-hmm. about that, but also tell us about after high school. Like what was your path like getting into adulthood? Yeah. So graduated high school. I thought, oh, you know, I don't really know what I want to do. Let me just take a year off. Okay. The usual enjoy the summer type thing but that was the worst thing i could have done because then that just gave me the opportunity to do whatever and whatever being like go drink smoke hang out with friends house party whatever anything that was going on i just had the freedom to do it why not right. so then no one my circle around me really wasn't 
doing much either. So that, that slowed me down. So then the fact that I should have been in a different circle, even though that was my circle, it wasn't the biggest issue, but I should have been pushing a little harder at that time in my life, you know? And it just took me like, the good thing is I drink and party and smoke enough to not want to do it later on. You know what I mean? So at what point did you, like, what was that path like? Because from there, how did you end up in the military? Well, actually, I, um, Nina, I would say my, my current wife became girlfriend at that time. Um, I didn't want a girlfriend. I didn't want a girlfriend until I was somebody. And that was a mentality that I took on. I said, you know what? Like, I don't want to be in a relationship unless I can provide, you know, mm. I didn't want to be. At what age did you feel like you took that? Um, 18. Okay. So I mean, uh, Nina been together 11 years now. Right. So well, but, congratulations. You guys just had an anniversary as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Hey. 11 years. I love it. You know, it's, it's a journey. Most people can't take that on, you know, right. but you know, we have a daughter now. She's eight months old as wow. of this month. So She's like beautiful too. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a hard path to take and most people don't want to do it. But I would say when I first got with Nina, I was like, you know, I don't want to be with you and not be a man of value. And that was just something I was trying to pursue. I was like, I, I want a job. At that time, I didn't even have a car. You know, we were, I was driving my, my girlfriend's car. I was like, this this can't be who I am. Like, I felt like a scrub and she like wanted to be with me. And I was like, why? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think she saw potential. So then when I first started dating her, she's like, hey, you know, like you should go to school. You know, you should uh, just get a job and kind of, you know start to like do stuff, et cetera. And she was in school. She was getting her bachelor's degree at the mo- at the time, SDSU. So I was like, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. So let me see what I should do. So then I looked at STI and then I went to the law enforcement academy there, the law enforcement science. So I, I went through the whole program, got a degree in law enforcement and finished the whole program, worked the whole time, got my first car. Well, I'd say I have, I'd have cars before that, but this is like my first stable car, you know, yeah, okay. the car you yeah. keep, the car. How old were you? I was 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've had, I got my first car at 14. I did it on my own, but it, 14 to 18, it was just like, you know, you just do whatever. Like when that starter car. Almost. Yeah. The starter car shit breaks quick. Right. <laughs> For sure. But, um, essentially, um, she pushed me on a path and it was already in me, you know, but she, you kind of need like a foundation. Someone mm-hmm. to push you and pull the help yeah. pull that out of you too. More or less. Like it, I couldn't imagine if I had a child at 18, but in a way it made me feel like I had more responsibility Sure. After I was with Nina, I had more responsibility. I had more to to push toward. You have a, when you have an extended family, like when you get married, have a girlfriend or a fiance, etc. You have another family pressuring you into things. You got two families now. Yeah. So my second family, Nina's family, was they'd be like saying stuff or asking like, stuff and to get married and stuff or like what? not even that. Just like what are you doing? Okay. You know, like, yeah. You're not in school, and then that that, that mm. kind of puts pressure on you. You know, mm-hmm. that's more. That's well, they like, want to make sure that they want to the make sure their, their daughter's, daughter's straight. Yeah. So yeah. like, and I was like, damn, I ain't straight. <laughs> <laughs> so then, that, since I didn't feel, I already felt like I wasn't straight. They said I wasn't straight. Nina had things she wanted me to do. Then I was like, okay. Then that's when I started to like really push a little more. Yeah. And so. Like, they saw something else in you. Yeah, they saw something else in me. He's like, oh, this he's a good guy. You know, he's he's on his, he's smart. You know, he's got his head on his, good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Doing everything right. He just needs like a little direct. For sure. Right. And going off of that, I mean, 
there's one important thing that we want to do while hosting guests on on this podcast and that's not only for people to know exactly who's around you in your community and how valuable they are in that but also know exactly like kind of your business because we want to be supportive of you we want our viewers to be supportive of you as well and like like you said you her parents wanted to make sure that their daughter was straight well i mean you're a man of many talents you own multiple businesses you're and so i would i'd like you to tell our viewers about that as well Okay. Well, the first business I have is a cryptocurrency mining facility. Uh, we host crypto miners, fix them. We could purchase you one straight from Japan. We, we can program them. We could hook them up for you, et cetera. But like, we're the only crypto mining company here. Right. We're kind of low key, but at this point in time, we're mining for ourselves because we're making enough mining profits that we don't really need customers, but we're out there. And then what's the name of that business? Uh, Gen three capital. So you look up Gen three capital dot financial and you'll see us right there. You can order from us or just, if you want to just talk about crypto, we're all about that. You know, we, we like mining, but we just like crypto itself. The whole space. Yeah. The whole decentralized network, all that DeFi, all that. What does your other businesses? Uh, The other, uh, so this is something I started called a dormant business. It's a concept of owning a business that you can activate whenever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started a company, Leia's cleaning operation the month after my daughter was born. And I just wanted her to have her own business. So so I made a logo that looks like her. It's just a cleaning company. We clean residential, commercial, move in, move out, whatever we can do. We have all the equipment. I have a storage unit not too far from here, full of equipment, ready to go. So if anyone needs their house clean, their commercial clean, we can do it. But like it's dormant. So like I can just activate it today or I can not use it for a week because I don't, I don't need the money to, I just wanted another business and I wanted her to have a business and she's only eight months old. Right. (laughs) That's, that's overstepping poverty. Right. Yeah. She's only eight months old. Um, she already has, I'm already, already started building her credit. Yeah. I started building her credit when she's six months old. She's going to be set. My house is going to be in her name. So I got to (laughs) ask, why is that important for you to be setting up these things for her? What is the mindset behind that uh, so it's big because i'm not i'm a man right so obviously but she's she's gonna be a woman one day and i just want her to think differently i want her to know her worth because my mom my mom my sisters um a lot of women they just choose the wrong man you know i want my daughter to pick the right man and i, I don't she doesn't have to use me as a point of reference but i want her to just know her value imagine my daughter meeting a man that doesn't have the car she has, doesn't have a house and she has two, doesn't have a business and she has three, you know, doesn't have assets and she has a lot. I'm going to show her those things. I'm going to say you have, this is your stuff. And it's going to be very, I I, I want her to have high standards. Absolutely. So that's what I'm building with her. And it's going to, she's only eight months old. So by the time she's 15, 16, she's going to have a lot. And I know you, so I know that it's important for you to not only embody being a high value man, but really show that, you know, and, and be an example of that for your daughter. Something that you wanted to talk about as we were going over topics was hats of value. And when you said that, I personally did not know exactly what you meant. So you've talked about it a little bit off camera. Let's dive into that. Let's dive into what is hats of value. Okay. Hats, hats of value. So so picture yourself with 20 hats on top of your head constantly, right? Okay. And some of them weigh more than others. Right. But everybody has 
a hat they wear no matter what. You know, everybody's a man. Everybody has a job. Everybody's a student. Some people are dads. But not everybody has a perspective to go forward with these hats. You know, not everybody wants to stack the hats because they think they have enough. Because we all have a lot of hats. We all have to wake up every, every morning. We all have to be disciplined. But going back to the era of the Renaissance, they used to call this a Renaissance man. It was a man that had a lot of value and it was well-rounded. He was a well-rounded man. You know, he was a warrior. He was a poet. He was a father. He was a friend, you know. He was a mason sometimes. So, sure. so essentially, I like to wear multiple hats, which I already do. And I have done a lot of things. I used to be a semi-truck driver. I'm in the, the U.S. Navy right now. I'm a business owner. I'm a dad. I yeah. used to sell cars, network marketing, whatever. I've done it all. Fast food. So I can relate to like a little bit of everyone. I've done life insurance. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot that's, of that's a lot of hats, right? And yeah. then not on top of that, I'm college right now to get my cybersecurity degree. So that way I could be at the forefront of intelligence. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So with that hats of value and like being a high value man, mm-hmm. what is that like? How do you embody that on a day to day? Like what are some characteristics that people that are listening can take away and be like, okay, that's what a high value man is. I mean, that's how I should mm-hmm. not necessarily, that's not how I should act, but maybe I should think about those things and kind of decide if that's how I should carry myself. Well, like, Perfect example, um, me and our parents now, eight months, and we were talking about this yesterday, that every parent has to do unnecessary things, meaning things they don't want to do, right? Every single day, you're like, she's up, you know what I mean? So then I was like, man, that's big because being high value is a lot of unnecessary things every day, every day, like wake up at a certain time every day. So like be a little disciplined about a little bit of everything. Unfortunately, you don't want to always do it and it makes you think like, you don't want to be me, but I don't want to be you. So <laughs> there was something I heard that if people gave and, and told you all of their problems, mm-hmm. most people wouldn't choose those problems over the one that they have. Themselves. 100%. You know, yep. it's hard to be empathetic to someone that has the problem of uh, $50,000 a month and this guy messed up my sandwich. Right. For sure. And it's all about perspective. It's too. perspective, you know. So that's one thing I struggle with is empathy because I feel like I've been through a lot, you know, like I said, been through foster care. My mom's a single mom. Yeah. You know, my dad's in and out of prison. So like if someone complains about something, I look at them like, okay. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. I guess that's a lot for you, you know, but perspective. Perspective. That's what we just, say a lot. Perspective. It's, it's huge, you know. It's the biggest thing I've learned. I'm 30 years old now. I'm like every single day. I'm like, man, I wish I knew this five years ago. And when you say you wish you knew something, all you, all you're saying is you wish you had the perspective. Right. I also want to hop into the next thing that you, you brought up was net worth is your network. And we've talked about the people that, you know, getting out, meeting each other and meeting people in your community. When you see somebody that's doing something you want to do, try to meet them, try to talk to them, try to get some of their time so you can maybe yeah. get a better understanding. 100%. What is like, what was your first, you mentioned network marketing, you mentioned all the things that you've been doing in your businesses that you have now, how have you been able to use those experiences, the people that you've met to continue to grow your businesses with the cleaning business or with the crypto yeah. and other things you're doing? Yeah, that's big. Really, it's just, there's tiers of networking, which many people don't know. I'll break down just like a few of them, but you're First is your immediate family, right? That's level one. And you might have gotten lucky that your immediate family happens to own a diamond store, right? So your network is pretty strong. And then your second level is 
your your friends and then your family's friends, et cetera. It, yeah. It's a branch, right? Yep. So like I would say I started to build on that because I don't know if my, I don't think my family has a strong network. I have a stronger network than they do. Okay. So I'm always providing value, right? So then having the business just gave me something to talk about. Okay. It just gave me the it, the foot in the door. It let right. me, it let me like, Hey, you know, like, oh, there's just meeting and it's about business owners. I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm on the way. So that way I could just talk to people, you know, and then people find you interesting. And then next thing you know, you're doing something else. The right. crazy thing is I got into cybersecurity because of my crypto company, right? Because I, I went to a, a bank here and we were introducing a crypto miner to the bank. And then we had a little introduction of who we were. And then there was a guy in the audience and he worked for the NSA. I won't say his name. He, he was for some reason more interested in me than the event itself, mm-hmm. which I thought was like fast fascinating. I'm like, I'm not that interesting. I'm just here to introduce myself, etc. Yeah. But yeah. we both are in the Navy were he is and, and I am. So he's a like, yeah. And when you're a veteran, it just, you click. Right. Because we went through the same stuff. Commonality. Yeah, we're all we're all veterans, so we just we know how to talk to each other. And, I, and he was in the Navy, even better. Right. So then he's like, what's up, man? Like, what do you do? And like, I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, we're talking. And then we're talking offline. And then he's texting me. And then he's calling me. And then, then we can go have lunch together. And then he, inter- he introduced me to cybersecurity. And I'm like, okay, then I'm all in. So then I just, I literally applied for a program that the military is paying for wow. to get my cybersecurity degree. Just that's because the of him. power of, of networking. That's the power of putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. going to a business and exactly and showcasing your product, yeah. what you have to bring and give to the world. And just being vulnerable and doing that provides so many opportunities for people with you and, and just that whole situation for you and what you're doing with the crypto business. Mm-hmm. How did that start? Like, Big how intro. did you meet them, your business partners? How did that all develop? Because I've been to your warehouse spot. Mm-hmm. It's dope. There's a lot of stuff that went into it. I mean, I saw it when there was nothing up. Yeah, and we, then I we saw turned it from it zero to 100. You did, and a lot of work went into it over the last year and year and a half or however yeah. long you've had it. So how did that whole business start, and how did you kind of get connected with business partners? Yeah, yeah, that business partners are definitely unique to get, that's for sure. It actually started with the Navy. Crazy okay. thing, yeah. I was on a ship in Virginia on an aircraft carrier, and I was sitting next to this guy who was into stocks. Okay. And he introduced me to Robinhood and, and I had like 30, 40 grand extra money that I was like, you know what? Like maybe I should invest in stocks. And he just, he just wouldn't shut up about it. So I'm like, fine, I'll do it. So I got into it and I was, and I got, when you get into stocks, normally you just buy them, buy them all. Right. You just buy every single thing you see. So <laughs> I got like 70 stocks. Right. You can't follow all those. That's impossible. But I did it anyways. And I just was following all of them and just any, anything that was moving. I thought I was making money. He made like, 400 bucks one time and I was like, man, I can do this, you know, <laughs> right. but I was like, man, I don't even know how to read these stock lines. I don't want to understand a CEO of a company. He got a DUI. What, what the fuck does that have to do with me? Right. <laughs> right. So then Robin hood, if you scroll down a little bit, crypto's right there. And I'm like, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Why the fuck is this on here? And mm-hmm. why isn't anyone getting it? Right. So then I, I saw Dogecoin. I was like, a hundred bucks is like a lot of stock, right? Cause it was like zero, 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 zero. And I was like, that's like the most zeros out of all of these stocks on here. So I was like, let me just throw a little bit in. So I threw in like a couple hundred bucks and it beat all of my stocks within that couple, next couple of weeks. And then it kept beating my stocks. And I was like, man, so maybe I should go all, all in on crypto. 
but I don't know too much about it. So I deep dove and I, I watched videos and watched every single YouTuber from like, and I watched the history of Bitcoin and I just learned everything and anything about crypto. Right. I took all my stocks and dumped it all into crypto, every single thing. And then I like 10 X my money. Wow. And I made all my, I made like four year salary within like two months, my whole military salary made it in like four months. Wow. So on I, an aircraft carrier. Yeah, I was just sitting on the ship. I'm sitting on the ship with a bunch of government contractors and I just showed them my phone and they're like, What? And they're like, Why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So I can't get off. I was, I like, I can't, I was like, I'm in the military. I was like, I can't, I can't just leave. You guys know that. Right. <laughs> so then I was on the way to leave. Virginia was where I was at on a ship. I was on the way out and I needed to decide what to do with the money because I, I already at that time I had over six figures of money and I, I didn't really have any perspective on what to do with money. I, I never had that much money before. I never I didn't know. Should I buy a house? Should I buy a food truck? Should I get a business? I didn't know what to do. I was just lost. There's a person here that lives in town. I don't know if you want me to say her name. Daquanda. Okay. Daquanda Clay. Yeah. Daquanda Clay, me and her were talking. I was going to buy her a food truck. I still I still will, Daquanda, if we, the numbers make sense. She was like, hey, man, I met this guy in, in the sauna. I was like, what? As what, what does it have to do with anything? And she's like, well, he he was trying to start a Bitcoin mining company. And I was like, it's interesting because I heard of that. So anyway, I just reached out. I went to his website, reached out, emailed him. I'm the first email. I'm the first person who ever talked to them ever. Really? Yeah. Long story story, we start we start the company when I came back. It didn't work out with those guys, but I learned so much. So then I had a, a client of mine from the company who I sold crypto miners to who wanted to continue to mine. He wanted mm. to continue. After that didn't work out. After the it. decline. So then I was like, well, you know what? Let's start our own business. And he's like, okay. So like him, Yeah. So me, him. And then his father-in-law, we started a business. Wow. We started a business. We built it from the ground up. And then I found a fourth partner. And then it's just us four. And we just did ground zero up up to 100. That's amazing. It, it definitely wasn't easy. Like, we spent a lot of time in the cold, shivering, and learning how to build, and learning how to mess with control boards, and watching a lot of tutorials, and a lot of uh, techie stuff that we didn't know anything about. I like it. I, I like started it. a whole business. And I think... And that's what gave me the idea that every business is ground zero. So I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I don't even yeah. care no more. I'll start any business as long as I, start over. as long as it makes sense. For sure. I like it. Well, everyone, as you know, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. This is now the part of our episode where we give you guys five tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. And actually our special guest here, Wesley Benoit, is going to go ahead and share with you those. Okay. So the five things I wish I knew if I was just starting over and I was a younger man, this is what I would go over. We kind of went over this a little bit, but your network is your net worth. Basically, the people around you definitely make a difference. You know, you might know somebody that owns a car dealership. You might know someone that's a realtor. You might know someone that paints houses. Just knowing these people builds your whole lifestyle, even though you don't know it. So that's that's my first trick and hack there. My second one, what I would say is, this is big, just taking yourself serious, really looking at yourself and thinking like, I can't be tripping over myself every day. Like, you know, I actually got to look at myself as if I'm going to be a, a CEO of a company or a lawyer one day, or et cetera. Just take yourself serious because some people come from families that don't actually have a serious role model. And that's big. Just really look at yourself. The next one I would say is this one ties into your network is your net worth, but your network is bigger than you. 
meaning you don't really know how far it goes out. Some people have LinkedIn accounts and there's something called one, two, and three levels of connections. And like, there's like levels up to 10 connections. You could be talking to someone that you met from connection one, but it's all up to connection 10. So you have, you, you would never meet that person in real life, but LinkedIn put you in that position. So essentially everybody knows somebody right? always. Uh, the last thing I would say is uh, take care of the people around you. Keep taking care of them. You know, some people might burn you and it is what it is, but just keep taking care of them all over and over and over again. Like you can't get away from your, your mom being in a bad position, but just keep taking care of her. And one day you'll be at the ability to actually put her in a position of elevation, but she doesn't know that she maybe maybe doesn't know how to make a resume and you do now. So now you got a new job, et cetera. The last one would be self-awareness. Knowing yourself is huge. It's critical to know who you actually are. Cause then you could put yourself in the right spot. You know, if you're not good at sales, then don't do sales. If you're not good at working hard and working alone, then don't work alone. Just figure out where your position is and, and niche it. I love it. Well, thank you guys again so much for listening and taking the time to really know a staple in our community, Wesley Benoit. Again, my name is Daquan Brooks. And this is Zakia Shaw. We're out. Thank you guys for taking the time to overstep poverty. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in overstepping poverty.